welcome to the overtime edition of Spitball. As you know, EJ the Hood Elgin was unavailable on Tuesday, but I've managed to track him down for 10 minutes in between his busy coaching schedule. How are you, buddy? Oh man, just uh, busy cramming out a game plan on how to stop Eli Manning. Well, that's going to be a toughie because Eli Manning is by far the greatest... No, I can't even finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so, buddy, uh, we... Week... what, man, he just never ceases to amaze, you know. I don't know how he pulls it off, but he just... Two Super Bowls, you know, ridiculous pass yards. He just... I don't know, man, it's crazy how he pulls things off. Yeah, this week, I honestly thought it was going to be another dire week for Eli. I mean... I went with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in my fantasy league this week instead of Eli Manning, and I, well, I nearly paid for it. I managed to pull up, pull off the upset of all upsets, uh, winning by about four points, I think it was in the end. But um, yeah, Eli Manning, thirty odd points in fantasy football, five hundred and ten yards. Yeah. Oh, it just fourteen points down you, in man, the fourth quarter. I don't, I don't foresee you ever starting Fitzpatrick over Manning again. I feel like that's a, a dumb move. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, it's funny you should say that because uh, tonight I have removed Ryan Fitzpatrick, excuse me Bills fans, removed him from my fantasy team, <laughs> and this week I am starting Eli Manning, funnily enough. Well, let me ask you this, man, who's the best available quarterback pickup available in your league? Um, well, I've got two leagues at the moment, I've got one which I created for my flag team, and one which I created, well, sorry, one that I joined that was all fellow Bills fans. Now, the ones I can remember is from my uh, Spartans League. I have a feeling Jay Cutler might still be available to pick up. <laughs> Mr. Four Picks? Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, that was one game. He holds his composure better than anybody in the league, doesn't he? The way he gets in his offensive lineman's face and pushes him and then doesn't talk to the media. He's just, he's a clown. Yeah, oh, he he is. He's an, he's an absolute klutz. But with the yardage he put up with Marshall in the first week, he had an off week this week, but he, he was playing against a really, really good Green Bay side with something to prove, wasn't he, this week? So look for yeah. him to rebound, him and Marshall to rebound, hopefully this week, as I've added Marshall to my fantasy team. There you go. Now, I'm assuming Griffin's been picked up because he personally has been my biggest surprise at quarterback. Yeah, uh, Griffin was picked up on the draft day, buddy. He went. Um, he was one of the back. He was one of the backup quarterbacks, but yeah. he still went in around about round seven or eight, I believe. Okay, I tell you what, man. He's having just as much of an impressive first rookie season as Cam Newton. Yeah, absolutely. It's very difficult to well, not to compare the two. Really, Griffin had the best rookie start not necessarily in yardage but with touchdowns and no interceptions thrown wasn't it he had the best start rookie start to the season and this week again um, narrowly losing out to St. Louis I mean how gutted do you reckon he tore uh, young lad was it Morgan the receiver that got the penalty I missed that play I missed that play but I, I did just read on ESPN that he was receiving death threats through Twitter and so forth Really? That's absolutely ridiculous. I hate I hate that. The same happened to Carl Williams, didn't it, after the champion conference right. game last year and there's just no need for it. Yeah. I love NFL. So you, might tell me, Ed, you might tell me what happened with Morgan. I know it was in the fourth quarter. Did he have a big pass drop or something? Ironically, it wasn't a drop. What happened? Uh, he caught 
the pass to get them in a better position for the field goal. However, after he caught the pass, the one of the St. Louis defenders got in his face and I think tried to trip him or something. He threw the ball at the Rams defender, costing 15 yards, meaning that uh, Cundiff had to attempt a 62-yard field goal instead gotcha. of what would it be, 47? So it wasn't like what Stevie Johnson did for your Bills. What was it two seasons ago where he dropped the game winner in the end zone? Oh yeah, it wasn't you a it wasn't up, a Wes Welker moment, shall we say? Forget about Stevie Johnson. Wes Welker's more current. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, it was one of those moments. Just lost all composure and gave away a personal foul and. It was just so silly after Griffin had done so well to get them into that game time position. Just just absolutely criminal. But thinking of players that have had an impact, one thing uh, you missed out on this week, my friend, was uh, in the blog and also on Tuesday's podcast that I did with Marcus, um, I own Fantasy Football Henson, was I've introduced an offensive impact player of the week and also a defensive impact player of the week absolutely named for me Ray Lewis award for the defensive player and the Megatron award for offense with that in mind maybe you could give me a rundown of firstly a couple of players you think worthy of a mention followed by your overall offensive impact player of the week interesting well I like the category guys that likes to go against the norm so I'm hoping I'll pick someone that wasn't mentioned in your your blog and in your discussion yesterday um, with your teammate but you know starting with the offensive side of the ball um, the rookie quarterbacks all had decent games um, the ones that didn't have a so hot of a start the first week you know Tannehill um, who had lots of picks and then um, oh gosh the other one out there, Adri, that didn't have a good first week. Luck had an okay week, but not okay, great stuff. Luck, luck bounced back. Um, oh, I, I know what I was saying. Leading from the Browns, he had a very solid game. He had over, I think, over 110 passing rating, over 300 yards passing against a solid Bengals defense. So the return of the rookie quarterbacks uh, it just makes you really realize how strong these quarterbacks are coming out of college and making that transition rather seamlessly. I wish I knew an answer as to why it's that seamless. Um, I think they have, you know, off, uh, NFL-type offenses at the collegiate level, which makes the terminology and the processes a lot more easy for when they make the transition. Plus, I feel like the coaching staff in the NFL is just so top-tier elite that, you know, they all have individual quarterback coaches that can really take them to the film room and discuss possible reads and so forth so um that was my biggest surprise of the week and they were all i believe worthy of impact players because some of them you know weren't expected to do as well this early but um of course well if i can just quickly interject on the theory of the rookie quarterbacks playing so well is it just me or do you also think that with a lot of the rookie quarterbacks particularly that are starting coaches have seemed to adopt more of that option offense that they're used to playing in college. Yeah, especially with Griffin. Um, although, you know, in college, you see the option. 
I really don't see the option offense in the NFL. I see the spread offense where it's like the option read where you can give it to the running back or keep it or an off tackle, but I see that mostly in Carolina with Cam Newton. Um, I see Griffin getting his yards by scrambling. Hardly ever do you see design runs for him or any of the other rookie quarterbacks. Um, I, I, and plus, these quarterbacks, they just have you know good talent around them to throw to. So, um, you know, my impact player, surprisingly, I'm going to stick with the the rookie theme, Adri. I'm going to pick um, another one, another round one draft pick that the Browns had besides Whedon, and that would be Trent Richardson, the running back. Uh, I believe he carried the ball close to 20 times for over 100 yards. Yep. Had a touchdown. Um, plus, I believe he had a receiving touchdown. So, you know, after getting shut down that first week, he really showed that skill set that he brings out of Alabama which is the top-notch university for college football. So um, he's going to be an exciting player. I know he, that first week he may have been bothered by that knee injury that he's been dealing with, but I tell you what, he had a very good game against Cincinnati. And, yes, I know you're supposed to probably pick an impact player that was on a winning team, but I'm one of those guys that likes to go against the grain. I'm going to go with Trent Richardson. He really surprised me this week. No, I think that's, that's a very good pick. And if I'm honest, an impact player for me doesn't necessarily have to be on the winning side. They just have to make one hell of an impact. And um, this week, I actually went for the uh, this Chargers tight end, Dante Rosario, as my oh, yeah. I- impact player of the week. Because although he only had four catches for 48 yards, three of those catches were touchdowns. So that, for me, that just wow. that's a hell of an impact. So, hey, man, um, that's a good find. I never would have thought of that. That's a good pick. Yeah, thank and you. I think, uh, let me ask you just one quick question before we move to the decent, uh, defensive side of the ball. Certainly. Is there not a better one-two wide receiver duo right now in the league than those that Eli Manning throws to with Hakeem Nix and um, Victor Cruz? They are just dynamite. I think, I think I saw a stat that they are the first wide receiver combination to have over like 150 yards plus a touchdown or something like that. It was just something ludicrous. It was, yeah. They both definitely, as you say, they had over 150 yards each and a touchdown each. Um, they are great receivers. Um, I'm going to throw something out there that's it's in its early days at the moment, so it's not necessarily a better one-two punch, but keep an eye on Steve Smith and Brandon LaFell in Carolina because they have the potential to match that with Cam Newton as well at quarterback with a big arm on him I say keep an eye on those two for the rest of the season because I have a feeling that they'll be having some big games as well and you know I'm happy with that selection right now <laughs> yeah I so, hope Steve Smith can stay healthy because he had to leave the game temporarily uh, with a knee issue and he actually received a pass from Cam Newton down the sideline wide open and usually Steve Smith can take that to the house but he got caught down by several players so I think his health's a little bit of a concern, but I agree. I think LaFell has come out of the blue and has really helped complement Steve Smith well. So, and, defense is that ball. What you got, man? Um, well, before we quickly move on to defense, cause I know we're sort of running a bit short of time as well, but before we move on to defense, the only uh, other two receivers I want to mention, and I can't believe I didn't mention them first, it's another team, well, it's from the uh, another team from the NFC South in Julio Jones. Roddy White has that for a one-two. Yeah. Now Julio actually was shut down. I think he only had two catches this 
past week. He did. Um, and I don't think Ray White had any impressive numbers either, but they pulled it off. Uh, you know Roddy's, I think Roddy White, actually Roddy had over 100 yards plus a touchdown. So I think I think I, I definitely agree those two receivers caused defensive coordinators heart, heartaches because if you shut down one, like in this case, the, uh, the Broncos shut down Julio, but then Roddy White, you know, serves his punishment. So, uh, or I should say, you know, dominates. So that is a lethal combination, and that one frightens me because, you know, those Falcons are in my Panthers division. So that should be interesting to watch. Absolutely, and, and sorry to have interrupted there, fella. But if we move on to the defensive impact player of the week, otherwise known as the Ray Lewis Award, what are your thoughts? Okay, uh, I tell you, one guy that impresses me, and, I, and he's been at the top, I think, the last two weeks in terms of tackles, um, plays for the Cowboys. Very unknown name, but it's someone I drafted as my linebacker. I've been nothing but impressed. His name is Sean Lee. Came out of Boston College, uh, which is known for having a good linebacker school. But he, this past week, had 14 total tackles. Now, granted, only four of them were solo and 10 were assists, but um, he's always flying to the ball. Um, granted, if you YouTube it, I think Golden Tate, the Seahawks, the receiver, absolutely just lit him up. I knew I recognized the name. That was the, the block, wasn't it, where he just absolutely yeah. came in and just cleaned I, off his I, helmet and everything. What do you think to people? People, I'm going to actually tell you my defensive play of the week, and then from here on out, I'll start thinking of the defensive players of the week. But my defensive play of the week, uh, last name was Wright for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he picked off Eli Manning. Yeah, he was coming. I think I believe his name is Eric Wright. He was coming on a corner blitz. Uh, Yeah, he saw he was going to get the ball thrown over his head, so he stopped going full speed, slew down to about a half speed, jumped up, picked up the pass, yep. and then literally probably ran in circles twice and then took it back to the house. Yeah, so that was... I thought only like a two-yard return, he took it, I would say, 50-plus, which is just one of the more beautiful runs that I've seen. Absolutely, I, I totally agree. I remember seeing that on Red Zone on Sunday, and it was a hell of a play. I couldn't believe it. When he started cutting back, I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing, fella? You're going to start to lose some yards there. And then to see him actually run into the end zone, I, was, I couldn't believe it, it was a great yeah. play, so uh, one th- uh, another name, to, well, to think of for you um, would be the, I'm trying to again, think of the name Seahawks cornerback this week uh, I think it's Brandon it no, um, I really should remember it, as I was only talking about this the other day because he was worthy of a mention by Marcus it was bear with me just one moment it was definitely a Seahawks cornerback so have you got any more thoughts around other defensive players at all you know uh, I like the fact you're doing the defensive side of the ball uh, I know Seattle has I think 
tallest corners in the league, and I'm sorry that I can't help you out with the names there. Um, you know, I'm going to actually stop stop with the defensive side of the ball while you try to think of that name there, Adrian. And one other thing I want to mention from this weekend, and I know I keep on talking about plays, but since I shared with you the defensive uh, play of the week on my point of view, I think my offensive play of the week easily could have been my impact there. Running back for the Dolphins, Reggie Bush. Yeah. I'd say, man, with, with not many playmakers on that team, the fact that teams are probably focusing on the run considering the quarterback's a rookie and has really no one to throw to, he ran for, what, over, over I think he ran for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. One with 65-yarder, but one run was a third and one. And it was the most beautiful third and one run I think I've ever seen. The fact that he was able to juke three or four guys plus bounce off a tackle where a guy hit his knees and literally stopped all his momentum. And yet he still finished the run into the end zone. So um, he's an exciting player to watch. And I think he's, you know, he, he was a Heisman winner out of Southern Cal. And he really didn't find his niche there in New Orleans. He was always sharing time. And now that he's the featured back in Miami, he's last year and now this year, he's really starting to sh- show us his stuff. Absolutely, yeah. We mentioned this uh, briefly on on Tuesday. This, the stat that came out from his performance this week that he's now gone. This was his sixth straight hundred plus yard rushing game. Wow! Which for a team like Miami is phenomenal. Um, just quickly coming back to it, it's Brandon Browner is the cornerback from the Seahawks, who I mentioned okay. because he had four tackles, um, one of them forcing a fumble. And he also intercepted Romo once as well. Wow. If, I, if you force me to name a defensive player, I don't know if you've ever seen a stat line like this. It's, a, it's the safety for the Titans. Michael Griffin, I believe he's in his second or third year maybe. Granted, his team got smoked to San Diego 38-10. I'm not sure if he was the one responsible to have to guard Rosario. <laughs> uh, there's so there, but I mean... Had 16 solo tackles and two assists and a forced fumble. Wow. He had 18 full tackles. He, as a safety, had the most tackles in the league this past week, more so than any linebacker or lineman. So he's a force. I think that would be a that's a great pick. And you'll be pleased to know that the two players, if we're counting him as your Ray Lewis Award winner this week, I'm assuming we are. Yeah, he'd be my pick. Um, yeah, they are two players that we actually have not yet mentioned this week. So, well done there. Good to see that you're on a different train of thought there. Just to fill you in, my for those who haven't necessarily seen the blog as well, my defensive impact player of the week this week was Arizona Cardinals defensive end Calais Campbell, who recorded 10 total tackles, including two sacks in the victory over New England. So, he went down... Yeah, and how often do you see Goskowski miss an important kick? There's something about New England kickers, and with Vinatieri before him, they just don't generally miss pressure kicks. Right. But to right. see him shank it so horrifically badly brought a big <laughs> smile to my face. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it's one of those moments of the week. But I know obviously you're short of time, so unfortunately we'll have to call it a day there. What we will do is I will also post the YouTube links for the plays that EJ has mentioned 
from Eric Wright and also Reggie Bush up on alongside the uh, overtime edition of Spitball. And I would like to thank you uh, all for listening. And EJ, as always, my friend, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you very much. Good discussion, Andrew. Take care, bud. Take care, my friend.